Hey, everybody. Chris here. Uh, popping in before the podcast starts to apologize. Um, you'll hear it later on in the episode, but we had a little bit of some technical glitches, um, some things that were going on that messed with some of the audio tracks. Um, so the podcast is here. It's good. Don't worry. Um, listen through. You'll have a good time. But uh, the quality is not quite where we like it. Um, so just bear with us, you know, it's, a, it's a, it's a thing. So, uh, thank you for listening and, uh, hope you enjoy the show. All right. Bye-bye. Hey everybody. Welcome back. Dark Hit Cozy. Cozy escape room on the internet. My name is Chris. My name is Corey. And a lot of stuff is going on, Corey. I didn't yeah, really I know mean, how to start that off. <laughs> no, you're good. There, I mean, it is a lot of news, lots of trailers, lots of here's kind of stuff that's happening like in three years and or stuff that's happening yeah, next yeah. month. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so for perspective, we're recording this um, kind of within kind of a sandwiched window. So packs happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There was an Assassin's Creed uh, Ubisoft forward events um, over the weekend. There, there will be, or the rumor is that there will be a legend mm-hmm. of Zelda focused Nintendo direct coming I'm up so in the next hyped. week. Um, so we're kind of in the sandwich period, but yeah, we're, um, we're going to talk about it. That's, that's today's thing is, uh, just to just to give you the rundown, a um, little bit of news on the top end, on the back end. Um, following up last week's conversation about uh, the perhaps greatest remake to be existed, um, we want to talk about games that actually deserve a remake. Truly um, deserve a remake. <laughs> not to throw <laughs> too much shade on a game that is legitimately good, but looking at games that's like, okay, well, what game? can we think of that actually might deserve a remake? So, um, so yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, Corey, how are you doing? Um, I'm, I'm good. I've had a good week filled with, uh, lots of gaming. Um, <laughs> I'm currently making bread today, um, oh. which is great. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been a good time. Went to the beach last weekend. Um, very nice and hung out there that was you know just wonderful and um all around pretty solid i would say what about you not too bad um work i don't know it's a it's a strange thing to kind of like navigate because like work work not too busy uh side hustle work kind of busy um Mm -hmm. so a lot of stuff just kind of up in the air i did play a good amount of stuff though this week so um but we're not we're not going to talk about it we're just uh we're gonna we're gonna move on next week that's everybody um yeah we we didn't want the episode to go for hours and hours on end um but uh yeah next week listen to what we've been playing i finished god of war Corey. you're about to finish god of war i've been playing splatoon 3 yeah I'm about I um, to get Splatoon three. Yeah, I started and finished and platinumed a game called Tinykin. 
I did see that you doing this. I love and we'll talk about yes. in the future. Yeah. Um, but today, Corey, um, did you have any news that you were just hyped about? Was there anything that just like came out over the last week that you were like, this? Yes, this fills me in a way that cannot be described that I've never been filled before. Um, yes and no. I mean, yes. Um, so <laughs> a little bit of a spoiler for next week. Um, I had a friend gift me an old Nintendo DS. Mm-hmm. Praise hallelujah. It's incredible. And I have started uh, Pokemon Heart Gold again. Yay! Uh, we'll get into more of that in a little bit, but turning that on and just hearing the initial music and the initial just like opening scene of that game, like before me, like hit a nostalgia core that I haven't had in a long time. Like, in a, like I feel literally four again on my Game Boy Color. And uh-huh. anytime I'm seeing trailers or news now about Pokemon uh, Scarlet and Violet, I am getting a little like I'm microdosing that emotion now because um, anytime I, I just get more and more excited for it. And I'm like, I've been out sort of been out of the Pokemon game for years now, been yep. yanked back in. And um, they released uh, a whole three minute trailer, I believe, this yep. past week. And they did. Um, yeah, the more and more I see on it, I just I'm just giddy, and um, it, it's a fun feeling. Yeah, the I mean, I'm still so the the trailer that released showed like a number of different things, like some of the gym leaders popped up, um, the you know, gang, the team rocket equivalent showed up. Um, And it was a little bit difficult to tell, like, because they were doing that. And then there was like a wild area looking kind of part. And then there was the gym part and they were kind of segmented up to kind of like illustrate almost like the, these were completely different parts. So I'm not sure because they had mentioned before, like, we have three different kind of story tracks. So I don't know if these are representative of those three different story tracks. Um, but I think the thing that like really does get me excited is that like similar to any time we've talked about like Yakuza or anything like that is it looks like they are trying to make a Pokemon experience for everybody. Like Mm -hmm. rather than upending the entire like system of things, which I appreciate, like Mm -hmm. I like a lot of the old school Pokemon sensibilities. I like the gym leader track. I like, even Mm -hmm. if it's just, even if it's the same old stuff, there's still just something pure about it that I love. And so like the fact that they're holding on to that, but they're also branching out and making something new, like in these other areas, it does kind of like it makes me feel like this could potentially be like a Pokemon game that everybody can get into because there's just something there. Like, you know, it, so I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure how, like, I'm not sure how like branching those paths are, how, like how much you can invest in what, like, can you just go down one path and then never do the other ones? And like, what, how does all of that kind of fit together? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm really, yeah, I'm really interested and I'm really just excited um, for, I'm always excited for a new Pokemon game. Yeah. It's always, it's always a blast. 
Uh, I think one of the big things that caught my eye, and I think it's something that um, I feel like everyone has like a like hard core opinion on is like the leveling system and grinding in Pokemon. The uh-huh. fact that in Scarlet and Violet, you can send your Pokemon out to essentially grind away from yep. you is something I hadn't thought of as a, like a possibility, nor do I think a lot of people have, but the fact that that's a system and game is in my opinion, like very revolutionary for Pokemon. It's just, Hey, you're a Pikachu. You're going to send him out. He's going to level up. He's going to come back to you. Um, and it just, it's a, a time saver. It also prevents you from having to just like spend an hour doing the same move over and over again while you run in a square over and over right. again. Um, yeah. And I think it's just, per- we'll see how it operates, but the idea and concept of it is perfection. Um, need okay. to see it in action, but th- that I was like, heck yes, this is going to be like, a, this is a game changer for how I will play this game. Like yeah. through and yeah. through. Yeah. Um, yeah. All around. It, it's just looking like they are going um, all in to make, I think like you, as you said, uh, the like a Pokemon experience for everyone, but also the, the best Pokemon experience that there has been like this yep. will be the, like you want to play Pokemon. This is like your first door you're going to open, like going forward. Like, you want to get into yep. it, it'll be Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. From there, you can explore the series however you want and see like different games and like how it evolved. But like this is where you should begin. And that's the vibe it's giving to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking good. And it's I'm excited about good. it. Yeah. Always am. Yeah. Um, speaking of trailers, Corey. Yes. Um, because there were a many. There's a lot. Um, did you see the did you see the Ass Creed trailers? Which one? <laughs> yeah. Um, so Ubisoft had like, well, they had like a leak that essentially was like, hey, there's going to be a new Assassin's Creed game called Assassin's Creed Mirage um, that's coming out and it's going to be like, it's going to harken back to like old school Assassin's Creed. And then Ubisoft was like, yeah, we'll tell you more about it at our event. Yeah. So then they have this event and it's basically, I mean, I think maybe they announced a couple, like maybe like a division, something like a couple other things here and there. Um, but like, it was mainly just an Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah. And they, they not only showed Assassin's Creed Mirage, which was, um, which is like, the new mainline Assassin's Creed that's coming out next year. Um, but also like set up their Assassin's Creed infinity, like game portal hub and, uh, put a little bit like kind of hinted at, but also kind of like showed teasers of three other Mm -hmm. new Assassin's Creed games that are all in the work, plus like a TV show and plus like all these, like all this other stuff. So, um, so what stood out to you? Oh, also there's a more Assassin's Creed Valhalla stuff. Have you been keeping up with that DLC? Um, which I haven't, but you know, and so am I wrong in thinking this? My assumption was that Assassin's Creed Mirage, um, was, um, let's see. 
uh, was this? I thought it was a Bossom from yeah, uh, from Valhalla. Yep. So it's kind of yep. a prequel, and the, the I saw the pricing of it as well, and I'm uh-huh. like, is this just like a DLC? that ended up being too big to be a DLC that you're now selling as a full game. Cause that's the impression I'm getting. Um, no, that, that is good. That's the story that oh, I okay. heard initially was that it was, um, yeah, because if you're not familiar, um, in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, um, very early on, cause in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, you build up like your town base thing. Um, and you have two of these like old school assassins who mm-hmm. come to the town and essentially kind of like teach Eivor the ways of the assassins. Um, and I can't remember the other one's name, but um, the kind of like He's your the older like teacher one yeah. is Bassam. Um, and he's. I mean, I guess, I guess it kind of like, so Assassin's Creed Mirage is a prequel that's set in Baghdad that shows, um, Bassem's like origins or at least like younger kind of side. So like, you know, he's from that area. He has kind of, you know, that history in the Middle East and kind of Western Asian kind of areas and stuff. And so like, it's gonna focus on him. And yeah, I, I, I think I remember hearing that it was supposed to be this, um, like DLC sort of something to Valhalla and ended up just ballooning out from there. So, yeah. And so it's one of those things where, okay, that's not the worst, um, thing that they could do. Take a DLC and turn it into a full game. Cause they, I think they charge like $20 for their normal DLC passes. Does build a bit uh-huh. cash grabby, but we'll see what the final product is. I think the main reason why I'm, like kind of excited for it. Cause I think without spoiling anything, the journey of Bossom is very interesting and he's a very interesting yep. character and I would like to see his origins. So it's one of the things that, oh, like, okay, I'm, I'm on board. It feels kind of slimy and how you're going about this, but I'm on <laughs> board. Um, yeah. So I need to see more of it, but overall, again, I found his story very compelling uh, and it'd be nice to see more, especially with don't go into any more of it, but, uh, Oh, I could spoil it. Cause who's finished this 80 hour game, but I'm not going to. Well, um, I mean, don't just, no. I mean, just in case like there's, oh, I cause I mean, I'm sure like in future, the, the core of it is like Bassum as a character, despite, you know, despite showing up in Valhalla and potentially just kind of like, you know, never showing up again, very much is kind of presented as like, you will see more of Bassam. Yeah. You're going to see a lot more of Bassam. Um, right. So there is, um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that was kind of the, the thing was like, in what way would we see him? And I guess in this way we're seeing him at least for now. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, you know, Ubisoft, Ubisoft has not earned the trust to, to be trusted to do like the least cash grabby thing. But, you know, my hope, I guess. So the way that Assassin's Creed Mirage is being described is like a very back to basics mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed, yep. which strikes me as like 
old school, stealth focused, streamlined, like, you know, not all this like big open world side quests, all this kind of stuff, but like you're assassinating targets and it's very specific what you're doing. So my hope in it being charged potentially less is that maybe it's still like a big robust experience, Mm -hmm. but maybe they're looking at it alongside something like Valhalla and they're like, well, Valhalla is like hundreds of hours of content. And this is maybe like 15 to 20 or, you know, there's a way we could charge 60, $70 right, right next to this. Like, people would hate us for it and so that's kind of my hope is that it still is like a big robust experience it's Mm -hmm. just they like they're looking at it as like people could be mad if they were charging for an experience that's 10 percent of what valhalla is i don't know um who knows but that's like hopefully that's kind of the case hopefully it isn't this like really kind of like minimal nothing which i don't think it is i don't think i think if they were they have plenty of Assassin's Creed games that have come out on mobile devices oh, yeah. and all these things. And, um, you know, the fact that they're like really touting this up makes me think it's something it's yeah. bigger than just a small something. So, um, yeah, we'll see. I, again, tentatively excited for it. In addition, they also announced, uh, Assassin's Creed code red, which is their feudal Japan game, which I'm sitting here like, yep. Why release this when Ghost of Tsushima exists and will arguably be the better game, but still interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then they also announced uh, Assassin's Creed Hex, um, which seems has witch vibes. Yes. I was reading some like Reddit theories and someone said someone went and was like, actually, this looks like you'd probably be based in Germany uh, going by like how they spelled Hex. I'm like, what? I'm in if you're right, but uh, yeah, that's a lot. Well, so, so look, yeah, like backing up just like a small step from there, like beyond Assassin's Creed Mirage, like there, there was this big kind of thing for a while where they were um, hinting at this bigger kind of hub to Assassin's oh, Creed yeah. going forward called mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed Infinity, yep. um, which like. I don't think, I mean, most people don't seem like super sure what exactly that means. I mean, it, it seems kind of in the same vein as like, you know, Facebook slash meta in the metaverse. Like yeah. it's just, it's a thing that exists that's encompassing things, but people aren't quite sure. Um, so it is a, it's supposed to be some sort of hub that essentially kind of like acts as like, something tying together Assassin's Creed games going forward, I guess. Um, I don't know what that looks like. Um, the reason I mention it is because they have said that it's Assassin's Creed Red, um, that's Hex, and also the third one, Assassin's Creed Jade, yeah. which is supposed to be a a AAA mobile yep. um, game set in China. Um, all of these will be part of the Assassin's Creed Infinity mm-hmm. thing. Um, so again, like I don't, who knows if there's like some sort of big through line that's kind of connecting them. Who knows if it, if it again is just kind of them trying to cash in on some sort of like metaverse sort of thing for this universe. 
I don't know, but but that's where that's where we are. Yep. Yeah. Um. So, Assassin's Creed Hex, though. Um. I mean, yeah, I th- I agree. Like, I'm I'm down for for a ninja style like Assassin's Creed, and I think mm-hmm. I think if they go for old school Assassin's Creed in that way, yeah. it can be different enough from Ghosts of Tsushima because. Because, yeah, I mean, if they were going down the route of, like, you're assassinating targets yeah. and you're setting it up in this big way and you're it's more of a stealth game, then, yeah, it's it's kind of its own thing. But if they take the approach of doing it like Valhalla, where it's just an open world game set in feudal yeah. Japan, it, yeah, you're going to be compared to Ghosts of Tsushima and probably not win out nope. in that competition. Um, I do feel like I'm more excited, potentially, for um, Assassin's Creed hex um just because like it's i think everybody you know anticipates an assassin's creed in japan or assassin's creed in china but Mm -hmm. having something that potentially is more like witchcraft coven kind of Mm -hmm. focused seems interesting to me um so who knows um i guess we'll see more about it i hope so in the future probably Here it comes. next year's uh, ubisoft event was like actually well, now we have some photos and release dates for all of this um yeah but time will tell fortunately i mean fortunately ubisoft like i mean for good and for bad they churn this stuff out mm-hmm. pretty quickly um so i imagine like yeah i i would say this time next year We'll have like by this time next year, I would imagine we have Mirage and yeah. we have seen like more extensive trailers or have more information about the other ones. Um, that would be my guess. I they are not often the types to just have something in the background for years and years and years without stuff showing up. Um, so, so yeah, who knows? I'm excited about it. Same. It will be interesting and hopefully good, just to say the least. I do hope good. That that is my hope. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, as a as an OG Assassin's Creed fan, I am excited at the prospect of Mirage. I mean, I know it's a different um, locale, but you know, Altair in the first Assassin's Creed that's set in. Um, like Jerusalem mm. and Acre and Damascus yeah. and like, you know, is very, you know, has, has vibes that are very reminiscent of what's going on here, despite, despite the locations being kind of different. Um, so seeing that kind of come back is exciting. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it though. Uh, what else was there? Corey, um, Overwatch two oh. new heroes. I did not even see that. Gated. Yeah, there's um so no, they didn't announce new heroes. There was a new hero that was leaked, I guess, but okay. um no, the big thing that popped up that was on my mind was um apparently Overwatch 2 new heroes will be will need to be unlocked on the battle pass track. So you will not so if it if it's August 1st and a new hero comes out August 1st, you don't get to play him. Until you unlock him. Um, it's on the free track, if that helps. Um, but, okay. yeah, the thing that, the thing, the immediate question in my mind, because, like, 
battle passes are cyclical. Yep. Usually, I mean, usually it's a like Fortnite has a season. Uh, Multiverses right now has a season that's going on till like November. All of these games have seasons, and so my thinking would be if you don't get a right do you just not get it um or is it going to be a thing where it's like okay you didn't unlock it by the end of the season maybe you don't get these other cosmetics but now you can play the hero like i don't know um but it is kind of like a it is a strange thing i don't know do you do you have an opinion before i start going in (laughs) i have an opinion uh maybe just a light one i I don't understand. I understand cosmetically why uh, you do battle passes and all that because it encourages you to play the game and like get further rewards X Y Z. I don't understand applying a whole new game mechanic into the game um, with this new character that other people then can technically have before you if they just grind it out. And now that's a whole yeah. different dynamic to the field that you yourself or your team might not even be able to now match or gather unless you all now go and play X amount of things or X amount of hours. Um, yeah. So that's, I think, a problem there. Another problem is why on earth Overwatch is, I guarantee you, you go and look at their like play track across like all, like all systems. And whenever a new hero dropped, that day, weekend, week, or whatever, you saw a spike in play with everyone wanting to jump in and play this new hero and see how they mm-hmm. worked. And then you saw a decline back to probably average levels and then spike again, so on and so forth. So why on earth would you gate that experience? It's like anti, it's very anti-consumer, anti-player, and just honestly is like, bad marketing for your game in my opinion as well of just like that's just stupid like you want people to play your game they will but now i don't know it's just yeah not good so to me i think the strangest thing mainly is just the like it's the switch in position because if anybody remembers, like whenever Overwatch 2 was first announced, it was like, okay, Overwatch and Overwatch 2 players are going to, like, it doesn't, basically, it doesn't matter if you buy Overwatch 2. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, the single player content is only available for Overwatch 2 players, but Overwatch 2 and Overwatch players will be playing together because we don't, their words being, we don't want to gate anybody out of the experience. Right. We don't want it to be, you have to do this. And like, yeah, again, you're not having to buy anything extra. You're, it's a free thing, mm-hmm. but it does seem to go the opposite direction of what like, they kind of set overwatch up to be as this, like everybody has access to everything like cosmetics are purely like the only thing that you're spending any money for potentially are cosmetics. There's nothing, there's nothing there. Um, and it's not that like, because like I haven't played league of legends, so I, I can't speak to this, but I have played like, here's the storm another blizzard game and here's the storm has 90 heroes in it um okay and you when a new hero would come out 
you didn't just have access to them. You had to buy them with in-game currency, wait for them to show up on like a weekly rotation, something like that. And so it like, and I believe League of Legends is the same way. Dota 2 is the same way. Plenty of these games have the same mechanic. Multiverses, yep. same mechanic. They have four of the fighters that are available on like a weekly rotation. The rest you have to either buy with like the in-game currency or the premium currency. And it's a really normal thing, but it does seem to go against how they set the game up Mm -hmm. to be this, like everybody has access to everything and you get the freedom to choose. It does kind of set it up to be this kind of grosser thing Mm -hmm. where like, Again, I think if Overwatch had been created from the outset with that in mind, where it was like, okay, we are creating our heroes in this way to where you're having to adapt potentially to, okay, I don't have access to these or this isn't on weekly rotation or whatever. I think that this would be fine. But I think because of the fact that they've set it up to be the way that it is, it seems very sharp and divisive all of a sudden like it doesn't it does not seem like the all-inclusive everybody gets all the maps and everybody gets all the heroes and everybody gets all the whatever anymore it does seem potentially like i i wouldn't be worried about like at least me personally i'm not worried about like some new this guy having access to this hero that i don't and like them having an advantage because in most cases that isn't the case you know people get new heroes and everybody sucks at it for a long time and plenty of times like that hero you know may not like we'll have certain use cases that just you know people haven't figured out yet but it still just kind of like takes again like you said it kind of takes away that fun like i would be less incentivized to hop in if i knew like okay well i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to play like 20 games before I can even try this hero. Like, I just want to try them. I just want to play a couple of games. Like, I want to hop in really quick, play a couple of games as them, and just be like, oh, it's cool. Like, I don't want to have to, you know. So that's kind of my read on it is like, I, I, I appreciate them not like gating it behind a paywall. A, um, well, and so it, it brings me to this other part that because you, I mentioned at the top, there was a hero that was leaked. So they had a um, somebody uploaded a video revealing a new Overwatch 2 hero named Kiriko, who is supposed to be a fox girl, yeah. a support fox girl. Um, but there is a there was something posted the Reddit that said as a season one premium battle pass owner, you will automatically receive access to Kiriko, which like, again, is a like pay us money. (laughs) You can, (laughs) it is, it is like, yeah, which I mean, I, it says access. I imagine it's still something where like, yeah, you can unlock her on the free track like normal, like everybody else. But it it is a thing. That's that is the slippery slope. That is the thing where all of a sudden people are like locking you in to have to buy all of these things that you shouldn't have to. Um, and I don't know. It's it is not 
good in my opinion. (laughs) And it's something where like, I think I was starting to come around where I was like, okay, Overwatch 2 coming out. I might get into Mm -hmm. this. I'm, I might, I might find a way to get back into Overwatch again for this. And this makes me less excited to do that. I think. (laughs) I I mean, it just kind of sucks. It's one of those things where you just look at it and you're like, I wish you were better, but you continue to just not be. And it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It's sad. Um, I don't like it. Um, So it's a, that's the thing. Um, what else is going on, Corey? Do you hear any other news that was exciting? Um, I, I don't think anything like super big. Um, I think that was the the big stuff kind of out the gate outside of the rumored uh, Nintendo Direct this week. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the rumor being, I mean, obviously, we'll talk about it. Next week, once we assuming that it's because I have they haven't like f- formally announced it, I don't think. Um, but it's basically like strong insider rumors from like number of different sources that are like, yeah, they're going to have a um, direct this week and the direct is going to show off um, Wind Waker and Twilight Princess yes. mm-hmm. ports to the switch. Um which I'm, I mean, I'm hyped about. Um, mostly, I mean, honestly, like I, Wind Waker is top three Zelda in my mind, but like Twilight Princess, I only ever played like half of. I never actually finished. Um, and then never played it on the Wii U. So, like, kind of going, like, having the opportunity just to kind of go back into that, I think would be. That's the one I've been looking forward to out of the two of coming forward. Um, Just because like, you know, I have played Wind Waker on the GameCube and I own it on the Wii U. And like, you know, there I've, I've had plenty of opportunities to Twilight Princess. I'm just like, I would like to also see that through. I haven't played either of those. Um, What? You know, and our listeners know, I I played uh, Breath of the Wild and that's it. And I haven't even finished Breath of the Wild. Uh, oh my god so, but i've heard great great things about wind waker and pretty good things about twilight princess most people rank them in like the top half of all zelda games if not like the top third one i've seen um yep. and so it's one of those things like okay i'm very excited i will happily uh, give you my money nintendo as long as you don't put a 70 dollar price tag on these and um, play these games for the first time because I've just heard nothing but adoration for them. So, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wind Waker, um, again, of the like, Wind Waker is up there like one and two with um, Ocarina, Breath of the Wild for me. Um, I, I am less of an Ocarina like Stan as man? most people. Um, I have not played a ton of Majora's Mask. Um, I would, I own it on 3DS and have played a little bit of it on 3DS, but I have not, um, have not played it through yet. Um, But I just prefer like Wind Waker, that experience, like um, Wind Waker is just really good and really unique and um, just like 
has a has a really cool vibe. Even nowadays, I mean, like beyond something like Assassin's Creed Black Flag, mm-hmm. there are not a ton of like these just big, expansive, um, like ocean centric kind of like sailing experiences. Well, Skull and Bones um, is coming your way soon. Yeah, Skull and Bones is coming my way soon, and I'm not <laughs> happy about it, <laughs> there it is. at all. <laughs> um but yeah uh we'll see i i would be surprised if they i mean if they really go hard on um zelda stuff i would be surprised if they didn't like show some sort of breath of the wild too yeah they got something as like a um, very very and just like a, a quick minute yeah um so who knows um but yeah well, uh, you'll hear more about it yes. next week. Yes. I'm sure. Yes, you will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Corey, um, let us take okay. a break. And then after that break, let us come back and talk about remakes that deserve or games that deserve yeah. remakes. Remakes that have not happened yet that should happen now. Absolutely. In. Right this second. In a moment. Yeah, we'll be back. Alrighty, we're back. Corey, last week, yes. a game was released yeah, yeah. that arguably should not have been. Um, I agree. It, it's, you know, people are, people across the board are like, yes, this absolutely is the best uh, version of this game. The game in question being The Last of Us Part 1, the remake of a remaster of an original game mm-hmm. as a follow-up to its uh, sequel. Um, but given all of the iterations of the game and also given the fact that the game is not even 10 years old, yep. um, the original game was not even 10 years old, It was it necessary? Absolutely Probably not. not. Um, so the question then being, uh, Corey, I give you credit for it. You you posed it. You were like, "Hey, we should talk about games that deserve remakes." Yep. And I was like, "Yes, we should, <laughs> um, absolutely." Um, so we brought it today, Corey. Um, what before we hop in? Okay. Like, what in your mind? Like, what what type of game deserves a remake? Like, what in your mind is like, oh, this is a prerequisite for this to be to be remakeable. Uh, I would like to say, I don't think there should be any, but if I was to give them some, I do have a couple parameters. If they're, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, my, okay. Opinion, okay. Corey, my, my opinion is if a studio loves Parappa, the rapper and they want to remake it from the ground up, they are more than welcome to remake that game. Yes. Will it be a hit? Maybe. Um, are you going to see a lot of money from it? I don't know. Um, so I, I, as long as creativity is like thriving and being able to also bring back and retell old stories that had, didn't have their chance to shine. And what is, what, what is our digital age? Um, I see nothing wrong with kind of going at your heart's desire, video game companies. That being said, you, if you were looking to grab one of these stories and make some big money off of it, you there is a couple of ideas you need to keep in mind. One, 
probably an original, a classic of, of an ongoing yep. series. Always goes a long way. I We have a list. Yep. Yep. I have two of those in my list. Um, it, you will, again, get big money for it. Um, I think anything uh, pre-1992 Nintendo um, is always a solid bet as well. Um, E.T.? Yeah. P.T.? How do you feel about E.T.? Oh. E.T.? Well, no, that was a party. Never mind. <laughs> Shut up. I'm wrong. Okay. Move on. Um, <laughs> and any recognizable old school mascot as well. Uh, they did Spyro a couple years ago, and I never played the Spyro yep. games. Played them all, loved them. Platinum, the first yep. one, so good. Uh, they did the same with the Insane Trilogy. Um, yeah, you're always going to win with mascots. Um, I would say keep those big three things in mind. Yeah, so for me, like the... Going through this, like the thing that like stuck out to me the entire time was um the like ability to play it being one. Like yes. Live Alive comes to mind. Like it was a game prior to this that like for 25 years did not have any sort of localization. And the remake was this opportunity for it to like come to a new audience with fresh eyes in kind of a modern way Mm -hmm. and it was like you know it was very interesting for being able to do that um so yeah i think games that again like you said people people can make whatever they want there's nothing wrong with that but games that i feel like should be focused on are the games that like you know have just kind of like stayed in japan for instance for all this time and like nobody actually got to play them um and also, too, uh, games that, like, potentially could benefit from, I guess, the way of phrasing it. I'm trying to think of the way, like, the best way to phrase it. But, like, you know, maybe a remake would properly bring it up. realize the ambition okay. of the original game. Final Fantasy So taking seven. a game. Yeah. I mean, like, taking a game that, like has this huge scope that just because of like resources of the time was not able to be realized in the way that they saw like something like that, you know, I think is also potentially deserving, like, because like, is the original game still good and worth playing? Absolutely. Potentially. But would a remake potentially elevate the experience to be more in line? Like what you imagined that experience was whenever you were a kid? Maybe probably could be who knows but that's what we're here to answer today Corey, do you have one for me Corey? um i do um i do so we're gonna um go out the gate and i'm gonna hit us with a big one that i'm shocked unless i'm mistaken in stating it which i don't think i am um i'm surprised it hasn't been remade remastered or brought to like a modern modern consoles and that is the og metal gear solid um from look at you hideo kojima um metal gear solid is a gigantic franchise but also not at the same time within the gaming world i think it's one of those things where it's i can't classify as like a cult hit 
by any means. But yep. I would definitely not put it on the same platform. Um, trying to think of other things like kind of a, around it as something like maybe a horizon or halo or something like that. It feels like one step below, but everyone knows about it and everyone loves it. Um, but they, I guess they also yep. just come out so infrequently that it's hard, um, to maintain like, uh, something like that. And also Hidekojima has kind of left that and said he doesn't want to do anything with it. So they kind of, um, has fallen in like the back seat for a lot of people, but the OG Metal Gear Solid is widely praised, widely loved, and, uh, it's considered, you know, not one of the greatest games of all time, but it is definitely up there as like a, this is a fundamental like moment in gaming history where things like changed and especially how it's played. Um, the 3D environment was brought in. Uh, I need to make sure I have this game, the game here, right. Um, I believe, let's see. Uh, this came out in 1998. Um, which isn't super far into like the 3D like uh, movement animations, all of that, and it feels like one of the first games to like really encapsulate like what could be done with it. And I would love to see it brought to like uh-huh. PS5 graphics. You don't really have to change too much of like what it is because it is like a stealth game with like s- some action sequences. Um, but like bringing that up, kind of changing the camera angle a little bit. And, um, I think it would be a gigantic win, um, just for gaming, because I feel like this is, uh, a franchise that feels, I didn't state it, but does feel a little closed off, you know, like it's Uh very difficult to get into. Um, and releasing this, I think would open the door up and allow other people to go like, Oh, let me play through all of this and kind of see what this whole thing is about. Um, because I feel like whenever I talk with anyone who's really, who likes metal, metal gear solid, uh, the series, they love it. And we'll talk about it endlessly. Um, and I think this would just be a great thing, um, for everyone. If it could have like that, the resources to, that are in games now for that then because again i think like you said it was limited by its time in 98 of looking especially at uh, metal gear solid 5 and like what that is um i think they had bigger ambitions but this is kind of what they could get from it yeah and um yeah so metal gear solid i put one through three but okay. they were on my Fair. list yep. like basically ps2 era backwards yep. um partially because like i've so i've never i have played all of like five minutes of a metal gear i mean a metal gear game in general metal gear metal gear solid um part of it was like so 10 years ago i guess somewhat like they released an hd collection that had mm-hmm. like the first three Metal Gear Solids, it had Peace Walker in it. Like it had, it was like five Metal yep. Gear Solid games. And I remember like hopping in and granted, didn't give it like a ton of a chance. But even at that time, those games played like ass. Oh, yeah. Like at that time, I was like, oh no, I, this is, 
this is not going to happen without a lot of effort. <laughs> and I just wasn't willing to put it in at the time. Fair. But like, that was the thing is like looking back, I mean, for one, those games, I mean, I'm, I'm imagine on like Xbox, they have it on game pass or backwards compatible that you can, you know, whatever. Um, but you know, on modern consoles, there is not a, there's not a way really to play those. Um, and from people who are like big fans of Metal Gear Solid 4, I think Metal Gear Solid 4 is only available on the PS3. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't think that would need a remake, but just like from accessibility, like in a lot of ways, those games are kind of hard to play on modern consoles. Um, so yeah, for me, like I would be very excited about Metal Gear Solid remakes because it would be like, okay, if you can make it like play yeah, somewhat well, like control better just kind of like take what because i hear a lot of really good things about metal gear solid 5 and the way that it played and controlled like take that like just make it make it in that style i would be all about it i'd play through all of them i'd love it to death maybe i don't know i haven't played again i think it opens the door for Um, people to try it out and just be like okay is this for me like this is it has no reason to be constrained by what it was anymore um yeah so yeah i don't know um metal gear solid very good um i would be very excited about that um what you got Corey? my other or my first one i guess yeah (laughs) first other one um kingdom hearts one and two um hold on hold on and two so i have recently played well and that bad boy so holds up my reason being one so the go going off of like that kind of like core pillar thing of like you know the the games are not difficult to come by you can find a billion different collections on the ps4 ps5 that have every kingdom hearts game in it um in the lead up to kingdom hearts 3 including kingdom hearts 3 it's not hard to play um the thing with it is is like so despite still preferring Kingdom Hearts 2, um, one of the things that I loved about Kingdom Hearts 3 was like it felt like a um it felt like the truest realization of what Kingdom Hearts was supposed to be. Fair. Like yeah. when you played it, like the combat, the cin- like the cinematic experience mm-hmm. of it felt on par with what they were trying to communicate in the earlier entries. Okay. And yeah. That would be my thing is like, I wouldn't be looking for a full on, like, let's do a bunch of different stuff and retell the story. But like, oh, they would. Even if you just took, yeah, <laughs> even if you just took that engine and said, okay, Kingdom Hearts won, but it plays like Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, that'd that, be amazing. that would be, I think that would be like one. worth. <laughs> right. I mean, it would be because like, you know, there are. Because especially in one, two had some like additional thing because you had like some of the action things and some mm-hmm. of the different forms that you could do that gave you. But like one especially was very kind of chunky, did not have this like fluid motion that it was trying to convey that you were supposed to be able to have. Um, and having that especially, I mean, I think two would benefit from that even even more like, you know. Just do it. Yep. Just go ahead. Put it in there. Like make it make it even better. But one especially, yeah. I mean, I think if they kind of took that and made it just kind of 
boosted it up, put it in engine, and then just put it out. I would I would absolutely play that again. I, I think day one devour. Give it, it to me. It, mm. One it play how you described Metal Gear. It plays like ass. It is so clunky. It is the combat is truly awful. Um like having replayed it, it's just like this just as painful. I think two holds up, yep. but I would be curious to see how uh Kingdom Hearts three like engine works for those. I think it would transform one and turn it into maybe the best of the series kind of a thing. Um, yeah, because the world's in one while very simple. Cause it came out in 2002 um, would just benefits so much like from what that system offered that's a great pick yeah it's a phenomenal pick yeah um yeah and, and especially too i mean thinking about like the worlds i mean because in the first one you had you had agraba you had um tarzans you yeah, had Captain like you know, a number of yep you had but all of them i mean especially tarzans was like nonsensical just trees that you could not make any like it was just very bland rocks and very bland roots and very bland like you know it was a maze that you constantly got lost in and kind of a nightmare to play um so yeah seeing that kind of like boosted up and made new would be very cool very excited um yeah i would be into it very much um same Corey. What you got? What else uh, do you think? I should have with this because I feel like it had been very topical. Um, but Assassin's Creed, the original, was my next one. A game also yeah. very constrained yeah. by its time. Granted, I think it came out in 2006, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe 07. Uh, it came out, I think it was 07. Let me look. But, uh, I think it was This 07. is a game that has now spawned one of the largest gaming franchises that there is, but also I think it's one of the, cause it, the, the series has evolved from Assassin's Creed one, which is essentially like a pseudo stealth game with light combat. That's very clunky and slow. Um, with yep. a not super realized world, but a very ambitious storytelling. And yep. I think a, a full full remake with like from the ground up and like even tweaking some like i wouldn't say tweak too many story beats but adding a little bit more to it but keeping the same core like spirit of gameplay i think you you would yep. have what would be the best assassin's creed game there is i think it was very limited by i don't want to say budget but ubisoft wasn't like huge at the time when that came out to my understanding, at least Uh Um, it was an early game on the PS3. um, And also I think they abandoned like its style very quickly in two, which granted Assassin's Creed two is probably the best Assassin's Creed game, which also says a lot considering they're like Assassin's Creed 11 now. Um, yeah, but, uh, I think that if they could take the first one and build it with the modern mindset, but with that core spirit of like, 
No, you are an assassin. You are hunting down targets through these like old ancient cities and fully realize those cities as well. I think it could be a genuine masterpiece of a game. And I would, I would pay big bucks to see that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Ocarina of Time. Uh, it deserves a remake. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, sorry, everybody. We've had some technical issues. Ooh, I don't really know how I'm going to put this together, but you got this. Um, yeah. Ocarina of Time. Good game that I think could have some, uh, could benefit from just some modern sensibilities being piped into it. And I think I would enjoy it a lot more as an experience than I probably do right now, just because, uh, it would be newer. So there we go. I mean, I've never played it. It's on my list to play. It's been on my list to play since we've started recording this podcast. And I just haven't uh-huh. gotten around to it. And so if they were to remake it, it would probably incentivize me, uh, even more. Uh, but I would be all in on the Ocarina of Time remake. That was also on my list. Um, yeah, to talk. Yeah, it's um, it's really good. I mean, it it is a very good game. It's just again, it's one of those things where I have a hard time getting past the the limitations of the Nintendo sixty four and PlayStation one. So a lot of those games could benefit from just having just being brought forward into the modern age. So mm-hmm. so yeah, nice. Uh, what else you got? Um, so I'm kind of, I do fall a little bit to a pattern here with these, but I think that's okay. Um, so the next one on my list, uh, would be, uh, the Witcher one and two, uh, games that I think were extremely limited, um, not so much by their time, but by the lack of access to funding. Um, and lack of ability to really pull in the scope of their ambition into yeah. the game. Because if you look at The Witcher 3, which is arguably one of the greatest um, RPGs, open world games ever, in my opinion. These are Corey's views. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, I think plenty of people might agree, would probably agree with that. Um, seeing that which is the culmination of like their scope of ambition. And it hits the mark almost in every way, allowing them to go in and like, we're going to redo one and two. And now you have a trilogy of these games that all kind of fire on the same level playing field, the same like scope of ambition within them and can now tell a very coherent story and also make them very accessible to everyone. Um, I think that would be incredible for it because I love uh, The Witcher 3. I love the show. I have the books. Um, I haven't experienced the games uh, one or two, and I would love to be able to do that. And I think that'd be the best way by bringing them to modern sensibility with what The Witcher 3 offered now in those games. It'd be full remakes, though, not like remasters. um, I would want to see them like, okay, now we have the ability to really do what we wanted. Yeah, I, um, no, I totally agree. The Witcher games were also on my list, partially like, you know, from, so I, I have played the Witcher two and the Witcher two, like, you know, I, it's been a long time. Um, and I imagine it definitely would need some touching up to Mm -hmm. be on par with Witcher three, but like when I played the Witcher two, 
it was like it was fine like it was just fine to play and was a very interesting compelling story um i do agree though like you know in the comparison of like the last of us needs a remake so it can be brought up to the standards of part two like oh yeah witcher one and two need a remake to be brought up to the standards of witcher three um just to, I mean, to have that experience, because I mean, from what I understand with The Witcher 1, it's like borderline unplayable. Just, yeah. I mean, complete, complete garbage. Um, so <laughs> having both of those together to kind of be ported up and have that full experience. Yeah, I think that would be amazing. Yep. Uh, yeah. What else you got? Um, my last ones, ones, uh, um, I guess my main one of the two being, um, jade empire so jade empire and dragon age origins were kind of like a combo pick for me okay um basically like early bioware stuff was kind of like my thinking um so jade empire if you're not aware was a game that bioware came out with maybe on pc but um it was it was exclusive to the xbox i think um for a long time came out like an 05 um, so this is pre uh, Mass Effect. This is, I think, pre Dragon Age Origins. Um, but it's like post, uh, what's it called? Um, Night Seal Republic. You know, so it's in that rank. It's in that space. But Jade Empire was like this. All of the stuff of those games, where it's choices and you know, good and bad. But it's a stylish like action games set in china okay um and you know you have these really interesting party members and there's a lot of these like just really cool dynamics and just like you know it's a game that i feel like is kind of lost to time in a way you know is a game that i yeah i mean i think they could benefit from having like a full-on keeping that series going and doing something new but i think if nothing else like bringing it up and just kind of like remaking it to have this like really stylish action RPG with all of these with a really interesting story and really interesting choices. Like I think, and also a really interesting setting, I think could be really cool. Um, the reason I also included dragon age origins is because like, you know, early Bioware games do have some of that like cruff on them where mm-hmm. they're just like, you know, it's a little, you know, they're a little gross to kind of play just here and there, like by modern sensibilities. And I think Dragon Age Origins, like for one, does benefit in the fact that it was largely kind of like turn based in a way. Um, but I think especially with like Dragon Age four effectively coming out, like being yeah. brought up and just having like this really like I wouldn't want it to be. I I love Dragon Age Inquisition, but I wouldn't want it to be like super actiony in the same way i would love for it to be kind of divinity original sin like Ooh, that kind yeah. of style of mm-hmm. playing um but brought forward and really kind of like expanded and realized and stuff and again i mean it's not like it's not like it's an ancient game it came out like in 0708 or something like that but you know i think that it would also benefit from the fact that it's like again hey nobody there has not been a Dragon Age game that has come out in eight years. So yep. with Dragon Age 4 coming out in the next five, hopefully, um, having some sort of like big push to kind of like, 
hey, we, here's here is a remake of Dragon Age Origins, maybe Dragon Age 2. We're porting up Dragon Age Inquisition. Like, new fans, come on. Here yep. we are. I'd like be it. exciting. I, I would like it. I'd be very yeah. into it. Yeah, dude. Um, did you have any other ones? I have uh, one more. It's kind of a, a collection of sort. Um, uh, Final Fantasies 1 through 6. Um, okay. I, and this is one of those ones where I'm, I don't know if I need an exact remake as more of just a modern like release and accessibility outside of Steam. Um, yeah. But I would love to see, um, I haven't played Final Fantasy VI, uh, but I've, again, heard nothing but incredible things about it. A remake in that Octopath engine, I think, would be insanely uh, just amazing. Um, but I think any of those games kind of, Hey, we're going to just like remaster these or heck we're going to remake some of them and we're going to release them. Um, it doesn't have to be like a full final fantasy, like seven remake project. Um, right. cause that is insanely ambitious. And, um, that is one of those things where it is so cool to see them. Like this is our most loved game. Maybe. Um, and we are going to now make it with the ambition we had in mind and we're just constrained at the time because Final Fantasy seven remake is just incredible. And the next uh, part coming out next year looks like it's going to also be incredible yep. with what little we've seen, but what with the story that we know, I think just, okay, we're going to take Final Fantasy VI, we're going to re-release it in this Octopath engine or our own uh, engine or whatever we're doing. Granted, I think it's, I think that is their Square Enix's engine. Um, but it, I think any of that would be great because I think plenty of people, myself included, um, would be happy to go back and play any of those games or all of those games, but we just kind of lack the ability to do so at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they do have the, the thing. I we had this conversation a couple Steam, of weeks ago. It came up. Yeah. Well, they have the Steam ones, and then I think they have um, like the Pixel remasters that are supposed to be coming to some modern consoles. But that's that are never supposed been to be, like confirmed. That's just been like the big rumor, to my understanding. Has it? I yeah. I can never keep track. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think. I think in general, like having that similar to Live Alive, similar to mm-hmm. uh, Dragon Age, or not Dragon Age, Dragon, Dragon Quest, Quest Three, mm-hmm. um, having that like Octopath style to some of those, because like that is the benefit that those games have is like being pixel, mm-hmm. like sixteen bit. Yeah. You know, they really hold up. Um, but yeah, having that and really kind of blowing it out and really like again kind of porting those forward somewhat so that people can experience these games in a way like that some people, I mean, you know, yeah, Final Fantasy 4 and 6 have plenty of versions available to them, but really like doing it right and giving like good quality um, like remakes over onto like the Switch and PS5 and things like that, I think would be wonderful. Need it. Need it. Yeah. 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 Is that it from you, Corey? Uh, yeah, that is it uh, from me. I think there's like plenty of others I considered, but those were my uh, bigums. Yeah, yeah, the bigums, the thickums, we like to call it. Um, 
Sure. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Oh, yeah. Also, Marvel, Midnight Suns. Oh, yeah. December uh, 6th? Coming December 2nd. 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 Not bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited about it. Um, the It got pushed back, and I think the yeah. rumor was that it was supposed to be in 2023, but no. Nope. Alas, mm-hmm. not not today. Just in it's time coming for in the, discussion. Yeah, I love it. Um, but yeah, Corey, I think that's an episode. I think we, I, th- I think so. we had fun. I, I um, it was a little dicey there towards the end. Big technical <laughs> difficulties. Uh, yeah, people. But uh, but that, yeah, it all buffs out. It all buffs out. It works. It out. does. That's what that's what editing's for. That's why. Exactly. That's why we're here. Um, it's the magic of the internet. Um, you never know unless we tell you. But uh, yeah, Corey. Um, I am very much looking forward to both figuring out what's happening at the Nintendo direct and yes. hearing from you next week and hear about all you've been playing. I um, have lots because I'm going to wrap up God, God of war probably right after we get off here. And uh, I was yeah. trying to get it uh, ahead of time today. Just couldn't quite get it in. Um, but uh full week of Xenoblade and some other stuff. Yeah, dude. Um, but until then, Corey, where can people find you? on the internet when they want to find you uh go find go find me over on insta uh the gram at uh hash slinging thrasher to see my bread um i'll be oh, baking yeah. it tomorrow when this drops um also follow me on twitter at stay thrashy for the most random and sporadic tweets that you'll ever see um in addition follow our uh, uh oh sorry had a burp uh, oh my no. bad um follow our twitter page arcade cozy um for the latest updates of when our pods drop and random photos um from my playstation album of whatever i'm playing um and as always though not always said uh go give us a like a review on whatever uh podcast service you use uh a please where can our peeps find you my guy you can find me Four point pixel on Instagram at Swiss Bonjo on Twitter. You can also find us at Arcade Cozy on Instagram. Um, and as always, uh, intro, outro music by Johnny Be Good 89 on Instagram. Check them out. Um, but yeah, Corey, I'm excited about next week. Can't wait to hear what you have to talk about. Um, back at you, my dear. Until then, it's been Arcade Cozy. Life is hectic. Why should your hobbies be too? Yeah. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. Yeah.